Welcome to Wake Up with Nubian Tigers Talk. This episode is a continuation of the Nubian Tigresses discussion about the 2020 presidential election, featuring Princeton alumni from the class of 1975, Debbie Jordan, Anne Herring, Marcia Gonzalez Kimbrough, Teresa Brown, and Dr. Katrina Peters. I want to ask everyone, um, did they, what did they think going in was going to be the main issue for people voting? COVID, the economy, um, social justice issues? I mean, did each of you guys have a sense going into that booth of certainly how you were going to vote? I mean, you, you, you each individually have your own reasons for voting and issues that, you're, that are important to you. But what did you think the rest of America was going to do? Katrina? Personally, I would have crawled over ground glass to vote to get rid of the current occupant in the White House. However, I understand that people pick and choose a lot of different issues and um, whether consciously they may say, I'm voting for this person because of X, but unconsciously they're voting for that person because of Y, Z, X, and other uh, numbers. So my concern is that the way how things have happened is that there were going to be more people who were going to be voting for Trump than I knew. I was just praying that there would be enough people who would be um, against or for the Biden-Harris ticket and that those votes would be counted sufficiently. I did believe that they would win if it were fair. And I find it very interesting that the question has been, you know, whether there was a fair election. If anything was unfair, it was uh, on the other side. But mm -hmm. um, I still, on another hand, find it fascinating how people could be for one issue and ignore everything else. Well, Katrina, what's the issue that you think the Trump supporters were for? I think the those who were more honest with themselves, they were consciously for the, uh, the MAGA issue, which is make America white again, um, or at least in charge. Um, for those who were less able to face that, um, they found other parts of the platform that they liked, such as um, um, anti, you know, anti-abortion, pro-life, uh, pro-life, somehow people don't seem to think that equals anti-abortion. They have all kinds of other different ideas about it. Mm. Uh, there were people who tried to focus on the economy, but I believe that unless they dealt with that fundamental, those fundamental issues, which were not even dog whistles anymore, they were blatant, loud, explicit, mm -hmm. um, and persistent. So I don't see how you could ignore those unless there was some other part of you that wanted to buy into that. What about you, Ann? That was a question I was asking myself, quite frankly. And um, the only thing I could come up with was that people were voting for Donald Trump because they want to make America white. It, they want a lily white nation. They will say, 
Um, oh, it's the economy. You know, my 401k has done so well, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not a financial person at all, but I do understand that uh, financial things go in cycles. You know, you can have your ups and downs, whatever administration is in there. Yes, maybe a president can be like Trump, can be, um, you know, lenient toward corporate America, giving them tax breaks and what have you. But it's really the corporate leaders, you know, big business leaders that really set the trend for the economy. So I couldn't really buy that. And of course, like Katrina said, you know, the, some people got into, well, you know, you know, he's he's pro-life and and, you know, that's so great and wonderful. And then you got into the evangelical Christians and I just kind of blew that. I just I couldn't even deal with that because there's no one less Christian than Donald Trump, in my opinion. But it basically what it boiled down to me was I just think it was white power. That's why they voted for him because they want this um, making America great again is making America white. And that's how I felt about it. So, so Marcia, given the dynamics in your household, here we go. Here we go. go. (laughs) What, what, what what do you think are the reasons why uh, people voted for Trump or what were the issues you thought were um, controlling the election? Well, I guess in my husband's, family. It, it couldn't be make America white because they're all black. Um, but I, I actually think it was a backlash. It was against, it, it's vote, vote not democratic. Vote not a continuation of the Clintons, of the Obamas, of um, Hillary Clinton's, you know, whatever. Um, it, it was buying into for that part of the family, and I think for a large segment of the Trump supporters, it was buying into the hysteria and the fear of um, if we don't have Trump there, there's not going to be anyone to protect our democracy um, and to you know maintain law and order, to maintain integrity, to maintain whatever. And I understand that's all to, in my mind; it's delusional. But I think. I, I think the difficulty with this election and, and who was going to vote for who overall was that there was no one or two or three overwhelmingly uh, cohesion creating issue. I think because the issues were all over the place, that made it that much more difficult and, un- and uncertain to predict what was going to happen because it wasn't just you know, it wasn't just MAGA, it wasn't just COVID, it wasn't just the economy. So even with 200, at that point, the election on November 3rd, there maybe were about uh, almost two and tw- 225,000 people dead from the virus. That didn't even have an influence on his vote, the, the, the mismanagement of this entire pandemic by, uh, by Trump? My father-in-law was a physician for 32 years, then went to law school and um, it now practices workers' compensation as, as a workers' comp specialist. He believes the pandemic was manufactured, not, not so much manufactured and fake, but that all of the criticism and the hysteria in their minds about the pandemic, that it's all overblown 
it doesn't matter what we would have done. It would have taken its course and herd immunity is really what we should be working on. Oh, so, so the apple them, didn't fall far from the tree then. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't so, have to respond to that. <laughs> you know, so here, here is someone who was licensed to practice in Illinois, Nevada and California and still maintains his medical licenses. And, you know, I can't say that he's an idiot. Um, I can say that probably his medical education is a little outdated. You know, he wasn't an epidemiologist, but, but I can't say that he, you know, was dumb and stupid. Um, there are people who for their own, in their own intellectual brains and, and in their own intellectual analysis did not, do not see COVID as a, as a big issue. Mm. You know, it's, it's interesting, too, because California was hard hit uh, in the beginning by COVID. And so I, it's always curious to me that people can look at those bodies being transported to the refrigerated trucks and not believe that that is something real. But, you know, hey, some people still believe the earth is flat. Debbie, <laughs> what, what, um, what did you think the issues were going to be? Um, I agree with what's been said already that um, the bottom line comes down to the racial divide. Um, the dichotomy between white voters and black voters came down to either a backlash against um, the, the, the push for racial equality amongst whites and, and some blacks, as Mar Marcia was saying. Um, and those black and brown people who really are sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know? And I think that President Obama, and I haven't read his book yet, certainly, but even he insightfully says that his presidency sparked the backlash from mm -hmm. um, these white, if not supremacists, um, insecure white people who are really worried about the fact that they see their place in, in society being diminished by all these black and brown people. Even though one would intellectually think that the, the COVID pandemic, the COVID crisis, this pandemic that we were in should have taken front stage in terms of people's motivations. I don't think that was the case. I think that the, the racial issue was really the motivating factor behind many, many people's vote. And in terms of black people who voted for Trump, you know, I think maybe Katrina would agree with me. I think there's, there's um, the issue of identification with the aggressor, you know, I, I I don't know how else to explain what's going on unless they see you know, just an economic advantage. But, you know, I think that that belies the issue. Okay, Teresa, what were you hearing down there in South Jersey? Pull us uh, together on the end. What, what, what were people voting for down there? You know, people weren't talking about, the, well, I, I haven't been out, so I well, haven't true. <laughs> Um. I have to, it's been interesting because I have a, a number of acquaintances on Facebook who are registered Republicans um, and they are white. 
a lot of them are poo-pooing our governor uh, because of the actions he has taken in trying to, to curb uh, the virus in this state um, and look at him as a, a little dictator, I guess, um, and don't think his actions are necessary. So, but I think a lot of what I saw on Facebook is party loyalty, which I don't understand. Um, and if you get past the group of people who are gonna vote Republican regardless of anything, um, I, I would have to say the race, race issue was probably a factor. Um, and a lot of people, especially with the first, Trump's first election, just did not, for whatever reason, like Hillary. Um, it didn't matter that she was well qualified and probably the best qualified, she was the best qualified candidate at the time. It didn't matter. They just didn't want to see Hillary in the White House. I've heard a lot of people talk about they're tired of business as usual in Washington. And ha having, having served as an elected official, you can't just go in someplace and think you're gonna change things overnight. You have to learn the system. You have to know what the laws are, the regulations. And in this case, the constitution is what guides this country. And we have a, a person who went into the White House who didn't care about the constitution, who didn't care about the laws of this country. Um, my, my, and I, I have to acknowledge that I, at least I know my mother the first time around voted for Trump. Um, and she thought he would be able to get in there and, and be different, not let the, the Washington culture dictate um, his actions, but she resolved that he had just become a little dictator, that he was trying to be king and, and dictate to everybody what he wanted. Uh, so for those people who I know who turned around, it was the fact that this man did not know what he was doing, um, that his behavior, you know, she even said if he had stayed off of Twitter, he might have won re-election. Re or if he, had, if he had managed COVID, he might have won re-election. Um, I just, like I said, I don't know how he won the first time around. Hey, Teresa, I just want to ask quickly. I mean, the man bankrupted multiple institutions, casinos down in South Jersey, and people in Jersey still voted for this guy. I didn't know what to expect from him in, on the business level. And, and my mother did indicate that her finances, her her whatever, 401, not 401k, her CDs or whatever had, had um, were much better than they had been in the past. But it's, it's more than just about money. Um, it's about how we are viewed in the, in the world. We cannot, go around thinking we're the, the be all uh, in this world anymore. Maybe way back in World War I and World War II we were, but we're not. And to have a leader that is so, oh God, rude, obnoxious, stupid. Um, when you talk to people from other countries or you visit other countries, and, and maybe that's part of the problem. A lot of people never leave this country. They have never been out of the United States. So they don't know how we're viewed in other countries or, or the importance that people put on uh, their country's relationship with the United States. And when you start talking to people in other countries, they 
think we have lost our minds that we elected this fool for president. Um, and we're concerned that we would elect him again. So it just, like I said, the, the, my, my acquaintances on Facebook have been very quiet uh, since the election. Uh, beforehand, they were, you know, saying, you know, Biden's a loser. Why do we, we don't need him? He's too old, blah, blah, just everything. But they've been very quiet since. Six million um, votes later, right? Yeah. And, and, and most of them would not agree that there is a race issue in this country. Um, um, I don't know to what extent the... George Floyd incident changed any minds, but most of them believe they get along with everyone, that there's no race issue. So that couldn't be why uh, people were voting for Trump. The, the financial factor is I think the, the thing that I heard the most was that they felt they were financially better off, even though Trump can't seem to manage um, any businesses. Um, or the U.S. economy, for that matter. Oh, well, I mean, right? I mean, you know, that's one of the interesting things about Wall Street and returns, right? The Wall Street returns don't depend on how well the American public is doing. So mm -hmm. you, that the mm -hmm. fact that you can get a better return when there's 10 million Americans unemployed and 50,000 getting ready to face homelessness because right. they're going to lose their homes is just a remarkably self-absorbed way of analyzing what the economic situation is in the country. And let's so, not, yes, you let's get not 10, forget, I'm yeah. sorry, Michelle, let's not forget, the Fed is also supporting everything, you know, yes. they are backstopping all of the issues yes. that could really uh, amount to a, a major catastrophe in this country, were it not for their, um, you know, for their dealings. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, and I just really, ha I, I have a very difficult time with, um, people who vote the party line, regardless of what it means to their interests. Um, and I know that a lot of people, uh, Republicans went straight down the ballot and voted party lines. I, I never go straight down the ballot. Um, a lot of people did that regard, you know, because he was a Republican. I'm a Republican, I've been a lifelong Republican. I've never voted for a Democrat. I'm doing Republican. And I, I know I do have some friends who are like that, that they will not vote for Democrat. So that, to me, that's amazing, particularly when you're talking about black people, because he is a person who has said, oh, black people die from COVID. Let's not do anything about it. Well, I, I don't know any other black Republicans down here. I think uh, the ones that that were are no longer <laughs> Republicans. Um, that's a topic for another day. Yes, for another day, <laughs> another podcast. Um, I I made it very well. My my boss, who is also very active in the county Republican Party, we had talked about uh, Trump, um, and his his uh, question was, "How do we let this?" man get this far. And I said, I don't know how you guys let him get this far. He should have never, he should have never gotten past stage one. Um, but I'm not sure that he didn't vote for Trump. Um, 
he he realized there was some issues with him, but maybe he didn't, I don't know, maybe he didn't vote at all. We haven't talked about the election, but like I said, most of the, most of my friends on Facebook have been very quiet about the election. You know, it's interesting. Um, people were saying, how, how did it get so far? But when did people step up to stop it? And they right? did. And they didn't. And every time Trump did something more and more outrageous during the four years, I would hear people say, okay, this time they'll stop it. But you know what? There was no bottom. <laughs> there is no. still no bottom. No. The bottomless pit. He, perhaps he was right that he could literally kill somebody yeah. out think, in public oh, yeah. on Fifth Avenue and I nobody think, would do mm-hmm. anything about yeah. it. And I think we all underestimated the um, power that his words had with a certain sector of this country. I mean, it just, when you're able to tell everyone every single day that what the news that you listen to or the news that you read is fake, okay? He's saying that same thing every single day. And so there is, you know, people believe that. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't bother to pick up the New York Times. They wouldn't no. bother to look at the Washington Post online. I mean, none of the major publications, not even their local publications, did people trust. So they only trusted the stuff that came out of his mouth. And that's why we have 260,000 people dead and the numbers climbing. You know, but even our traditional uh, good media, you know, we'll throw the New York Times in there and the Washington Post and whoever else you think is in that good media category. Um, I'm, I haven't read the New York Times, which I read every day of my life since I was in the eighth grade, <laughs> since about 2017. Unless somebody tweets out a link to a specific story, I don't pick up the paper because I think mainstream media abdicated their responsibility to report uh, during Trump's first candidacy. Right. And if you know that someone is speaking something false, why are you repeating it on the front page of your uh, of your media? Hey, we can go back to the Iraq war, everybody. I mean, we can go back to 2003 with with the Bush administration when they brought up all the excuses for the reason why we had to go into Iraq. Right. Right. So. So I don't know what has happened to mainstream media. But they, I feel like they have some responsibility to bear for uh, Trump being able to be positioned the way he is. So this concludes the second part of our post-election discussion on Wake Up with Nubian Tigers Talk, featuring our Nubian Tigresses, Debbie Jordan, Ann Herring, Marcia Gonzalez-Kimbrough, Teresa Brown, and Dr. Katrina Peters. Don't forget to tune in to the conclusion of our post-election recap as we all share our reactions to the final results of the 2020 presidential campaign. If you enjoyed what you heard today, visit our website, NubianTigersPodcast.com. In addition to the podcast, we also post a resource page for each subject to provide additional sources of information. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at NubianTigers, written as one word. We are on YouTube on the Nubian Tigers podcast channel. And do you have a favorite podcast service? Well, we're probably on it. You can subscribe to our podcast on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Breaker. Just look for Nubian Tigers Talk. Looking forward to sharing some knowledge with you next time. Wake up, wake up, wake up.